Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to the John Riley Project. Um, hey, we're doing it in the evening tonight. Uh, so I know a lot of you reach out and are part of our live stream. We do this usually every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 2 p.m. Uh, live streaming as we are right now on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, but, you know, I have a family. I had family obligations. Had to pick up my son at the airport today at 2 p.m. So I sent a little note out there on Facebook to let you know we were going to try to do it here in the evening. And besides, this might be kind of fun to do it in the evening. I'm not sure how the audience might like it, if this works better for you. Probably some of you, I'm kind of springing it on you. So you're going to see me pop up on your feed and go, what in the hell? Who is this guy and why is he on? So um, anyways, we're, we're going to be talking about um, some local news. You know, we're going to be talking about Poway and some updates on, on Poway. And we're going to be talking about San Diego housing. And and as part of Poway, we're going to talk about Mayor Voss, a number of different things. So, you know, we are live streaming. So we encourage your thoughts, your comments. You just got to type them in on the Facebook comment section or in the YouTube comment section. I'll see them up here on my screen. I'll read them on the air. We'll have a little bit of a dialogue. And, um, you know, so, you know, like I always say, I, I prefer having guests. But when I don't have an opportunity for a guest, then how about you joining me in this live stream and we'll have some fun. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's get into the local news here and I don't know if you were watching TV yesterday morning, but Poway Mayor Steve Voss was on KUSI, Channel 9, KUSI, uh, Channel 9, and it was on the morning show and was being interviewed by Jason Ostell and um, gave kind of an update on what's going on in Poway. And I thought this would be a really good jumping off point to talk about a number of issues and of course, when the mayor is giving an update on Poway, it's going to be all through rose-colored glasses. And I know um, some people have criticism of the mayor. Some people have criticism of the policies of the city council. So this would be a great opportunity for you to sound off, um, you know, because I try to make this podcast a public forum. So your thoughts and comments on this uh, would be terrific. Uh, Yuri Bolin, already in the live stream, said, hi, John, did you see my posts? Um, actually, yeah, Yuri, I, I did see your posts and I saw, you know, when KUSI posted it, too. So, uh, yeah, Yuri, I, actually, your posts are part of the inspiration for this podcast episode. Um, because, yeah, when the mayor of our small town is on TV, um, I guess it gives us something to talk about. Now, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things going on, and I know this is really Poway specific, but a lot of these things are really commonplace in a lot of cities in San Diego County, in California, and in the United States. So we're going to be talking about housing, about um, development. We're going to be talking about community services, uh, parks, open space. I mean, a whole series of things. And hopefully, even if you don't live in Poway, you'll find some value in what we're talking about. But let's let's really dive in and talk a bit about uh, Mayor Steve Voss and his it was like a five or six minute update on Poway he did with Jason Ostell on KUSI. And, um, you know, he went into a number of topics and, and they, they were talking about, um, you know, the activity on Poway Road and, and talking about, you know, parks and all the things that I mentioned. But let's go into each of these in some detail. So one of the things that the mayor talked about was that we're reimagining Poway Road. You know, obviously, if you've driven down Poway Road, man, it's 
like a construction zone, especially in between community and carriage, right? And so the mayor talked about the three different housing process or actually mixed use developments that are underway. So of course, there's the outpost, which was the first one that started that's kind of right next door to Five Guys and next door to the mortuary, uh, which would be an interesting place to live um, or do business. Um, And then the second one is the commons. And the Poway Commons actually spans Poway Road. Um, At the intersection of Terrascan and Poway, there's Right across the street from the Taco Bell and the library, they they got development going on there, and then finally, you know, they've recently approved the you know gave a green light to get started on the Fairfield project, which is the one that's going to take over the space currently occupied by the Poway Bowling Alley and by the strip mall of thrift stores, including Renee's Mexican Food. I think that's the name of it, which is a really great place. Or was it called El Comal? I can't remember the name. Um, and there used to remember there used to be a um, uh, a pawn shop there. So that area is already. I noticed. I drove by. I think a couple of days ago, and it was already fenced off. So that area. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a reimagining. And so you know, of course, the mayor really puts forward a very positive spin, as you expect he would do. So he's saying, you know, it's mixed use. We're going to have new housing. There's going to be retail. There's going to be new restaurants. And we're going to have affordable housing for seniors and veterans, which I think is going to be a little bit of the carve out of the outpost there on the north. I guess it'd be the northwest corner of Terrascan and Poway Road, you know, that abandoned lot next door to the or across the street from the Taco Bell where they used to have a bank. I remember there was a bank there when we first moved to Poway in the mid 90s. And that lot's been empty like forever. Um, So they're building all this and, um, you know, the the mayor's fired up about it. And, you know, Jason Ostell, the um, the host on KUSI, he was obviously very favorable. And, you know, the mayor Voss has been on Channel 9 numerous times and it's a pretty friendly audience for him there. And. You know, which is all good. And so the Ostel was was, you know, kind of trying to get a little more information out of him. And it was very interesting because obviously there's a wide range of opinions about what's going on on Poway Road. And before this project got started, a lot of people didn't know about it. But a lot of people still, how should I say, the the city did do their well, did they do their best well they certainly went out of their way to have public forums they had a committee on the Poway Road specific plan that went through multiple revisions because I think they got started before the Great Recession and then that you know, everything kind of got put on hold then about what was that eleven or twelve years ago and then they've had to revise their plan and and it's gone through multiple updates and actually the Fairfield project at the bowling alley and the thrift stores, I think they've gone through like three or four revisions on that plan. So, you know, it's been, it's been evolving. There's been community input. Um, There has been obviously input from city council. It never went to a vote, uh, but it, you know, it's now people are starting to see the construction. I think they really first started seeing it with the outpost and then now people are going, Oh my God, what's going on? You know? And I think it woke up a lot of people and then, you know, we saw the the um, 
the effort there where the commons is. And now we're seeing the third site being fenced off and they're going to get started. So, I mean, there's just a ton of activity. And um, it also what's interesting is, is that everyone's going to complain about traffic, right? That's always going to be one of the common complaints. And I'll tell you what, during construction, it's been hell. I mean, a lot of times, especially in front of the outpost, they would narrow it down, you know, because it's normally two lanes in each direction. A lot of times there was only one lane going eastbound. And that was, you know, causing a major bottleneck and was frustrating for drivers. And as you can imagine, a lot of people are sort of jumping to worst case scenarios. They're saying, oh, my God, all these people are moving in and there's going to be more traffic. And what are we going to do? And it already takes me a million years to get from Garden Road all the way to the 15 freeway. Now it's going to take me, you know, two million years. So there's obviously a lot of concern, you know, maybe you know, some of it rational, maybe a little bit of it not fully based on facts, but, you know, change is hard, right? Change is always difficult. And it's easy to kind of remember Poway the way it used to be in the 1970s or the 1980s, that that city in the country is what we used to be, right? But really, I don't think that moniker applies so much anymore. I mean, really, since the 80s and 90s, there's been so much development, not just in certain sections of the city, but all over the city, north, south, east, and west. Kind of makes you wonder, you know, we cling to that city in the country motto, but how real is that? Um, Yuri Bolin also on the live stream reminding us all, one month left for Bargain Hunters and Humble Heart. So I think those are two of the thrift stores, right? So they're going to be hanging on until the very last minute before, you know, the city government comes and forcibly shuts them down. Or actually their landlord most likely will shut them down. But, you know, good for those guys for hanging in there as long as they can. You know, there's a lot of people that really, really like the thrift stores. And, you know, obviously they've been there for a long time and they're part of the community. And, you know, they provide a lot of of value for some people. And for others, it's a way to kind of donate goods that are reusing the community, the churches benefit from those thrift stores. It's one of their revenue sources. So there's obviously big hearts involved um, with, well, or humble hearts, I should say, as Yuri was mentioning, big hearts involved with, you know, the love for the thrift stores. Um, District 2 Poway Council Representative Kaylin Frank has talked about this quite a bit. She thinks that they can find a new home for them. And maybe there are certain parts of the of the Poway Road area, you know, somewhere along that way, where certain places could be rezoned and thrift stores could thrive. Well, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, in the area where they're building between carriage and community, I mean, it's all going to be shiny and new. And normally you wouldn't think that's where you would find a thrift store at a brand spanking new development. But, you know, there's still a lot of places on Poway Road where that could work. I mean, there's like a old bank building that's been vacant like forever across the street from McDonald's. Um, There are spaces in, you know, east of community, you know, where there's a lot of mixed use, there's automotive, but there's some spaces there. There, Hopefully the city's going to find a spot for the thrift stores. I mean, the bowling alley is long gone, um, but I think they're going to find a spot for him. Um, Yuri Bolin also said the main issue you know, for this whole Poway road redevelopment is Prop FF never applies to South Poway. 20 people decide this for over 32,000 voters. Well, yeah, so 
you know, prop, let's go, let's go review the facts or some of you that may get everyone up to street, up to speed. So prop FF, and I'll explain it the best of my knowledge, was a citizen approved um, referendum that was voted. And it was in the, was it the late eighties? I think like 88 or so. Um, and this, the founders, um, you know, which <laughs> just like America's founders, Poway usually refers to the Poway founders as these, um, you know, these, you know, benevolent men that started our city and woman. Uh, Mary Shepherdson was part of that group that started the city. And there's always a lot of good feelings about our founders of Poway. But they wanted to preserve that country feel. They wanted to preserve Poway not turning into Irvine, right? You know, with just massive sprawl of housing. And so what they did is they said, in order to change zoning of particular parcels of property, like from open space to residential, it has to go before a public vote. And there's been multiple efforts. It's been on the ballot multiple times to overturn Prop FF for certain parcels. I mean, a great example is the farm, you know, it's Stone Ridge Country Club, where in, in 2017, a vote went to the, the voters and they said, no. Now, we're not turning over Prop FF for this owner, Michael Schlesinger. But then in 2020, Kevin McNamara got in there. He was driving the bus and the voters changed their opinion and they voted to change that zoning at the Stone Ridge uh, Golf Course and Country Club and made it open, made it available for um, for housing because it used to be recreational open space. So. But Prop FF, of course, didn't apply to the entire city. There, there were parts of the city that were sort of um, not affected by Prop FF. And the Poway Road area was one of them. Um, one of the arguments I know that City Councilman John Mullen has often said is that Poway Road is the city part of the city in the country. And that and there has always been talk, right, of, of reforming Poway Road. I remember... When I moved to Poway in 1996, I remember driving down Poway Road, man. It it seemed like the longest road in, you know, on the on the planet. I mean, going from Highway 15 to the end of Poway Road, I felt like by the time I was done, I was in Yuma, Arizona. And I must have passed every fast food franchise known to man as I went down Poway Road. Um but then ironically, like, well, actually, that was probably in the early 90s, I believe that. And then in, ironically, in 1996, I ended up moving way on the end of Garden Road. So I experienced Poway Road commute every day for a very long time. And so I get it. I know the frustration that some people feel going down Poway Road, even when the traffic is you know, modest. Uh, but lately, it's been crazy, right, because of the construction. But anyways, they didn't apply Prop FF to certain sections, not all of South Poway, but certain sections of along the Poway Road corridor. And there might have been some other areas. I mean, Prop FF applies to, you know, Matade Meadows, right? Um, They're in, uh, in South Poway. So Prop FF applies through most of the open space of, of Poway. And that was really the objective, I think, is they wanted to prevent more housing. Well, um, that's been part of the bitterness, I think, as some people are feeling, especially those that live in South Poway. It's like, hey, man, you know, the rich people up in Green Valley, they got Prop FF to protect them. But what about us? Right. So, I mean, that's a legitimate complaint. But on the other hand, I kind of get John Mullen's point that 
the Poway Road area is mostly a commercial area. And yeah, they're going to put some housing in that in that spot. But that goes to the greater San Diego housing crisis, which I want to speak to at the end of this podcast. Um, so there's just been a lot of feelings, right, about what's going on there. And people still really don't know what the end result's going to be. Um, you know, you, we've seen the, the artist's uh, renderings, the drawings, and, it, you know, of course, they make it look like some angelic paradise and, you know, birds chirping in the trees and everyone with smiles on their face. I, I, my instinct, though, is when this is all done, my, my instinct is, is that it's not going to be as bad as people think because all the construction is going to be resolved. And then people are, yeah, they're going to be living in these places and there's going to be commercial traffic. But really, it's not like the the residential traffic. There's going to be a stream of cars going in and out 24-7. I mean, there'll be obviously some activity during commute hours. And really now with more people working from home, who knows, you know, how it's going to be affected. Um, but I have a, my gut is telling me, yeah, obviously there's going to be more traffic. There's going to be more activity, but I don't think it's going to be the Armageddon that a lot of people think. And we're not, we don't really know until it's, it's going to happen. But again, I, I remember when I moved to Poway in 1996 and forever I used to hear, oh my God, Poway Road, it's just so worn out and, you know, it's it's just so poorly managed and nothing makes sense and those buildings look like hell and they're run down and, you know, I, like I have a friend of mine um, who lives in Poway, okay, and he sometimes doesn't tell people he lives in Poway. He tells people he lives in Rancho Bernardo because a lot of people think of Poway as Poway Road and they see kind of a... I don't know, kind of a mishmash of things along that street. Um, so I'm hopeful that when this upgrade to Poway Road is done between community and carriage, it'll be a nice a nice upgrade. I mean, something that as a city we can look at and say, hey, you know, that's, that's positive improvement. Um, now, granted, everyone longed for the days of the bowling alley. And I know a lot of people grew up here in Poway and they bowled there as children and then they brought their children and bowled there. And so there's a lot of good vibes, good energy related to the bowling alley. But then again, you know, we're, you know, time progresses, humans progress, um, we evolve and there's change and change is uncomfortable. Um, Yuri Bolin also saying, Kalen Frank is district four. Pardon me. You're right. Not district two. It's district four. And as she is trying to relocate the thrift shops, um, not that I'm holding my breath, um, and Mayor Voss and the rest are lukewarm. Now, to me, this would this should be a pretty easy thing. Now, it's just a matter of making some adjustments on zoning. And if there are some empty spots, empty commercial real estate, I'm sure some landlords would love to have um, some new tenants. And now, hopefully, the finances work out win-win for the thrift store and for the landlord. But to me, it feels like this is something that can be fixed. Um, and as long as the city sort of unlocks the zoning rules that would allow thrift stores to relocate into other areas, then I think, um, you know, we'll, the, mar- the general marketplace of leasing and, and, and uh, commercial real estate, hopefully they'll figure out a way to make it work. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyways, uh 
you know, the mayor went on to say that, um, you know, it's, it's going to we're going to be reimagining Poway Road. There's going to be new homes that are going to be priced all along the spectrum, uh, which means, you know, they're going to be, you know, obviously various tiers of pricing. Talked about new restaurants, new retail and affordable housing for seniors and veterans. And again, the the seniors and veterans one always caught me by surprise because I know we've been talking about having affordable housing um, that's been debated on a number of different sites. In fact, we already have quite a bit of affordable housing in Poway today. You know, there's the the, the housing project that's across the street from Old Poway Park. There is affordable housing on Community, like just south of the movie theater. Um, there is affordable housing um, along Community. Um, up near Hillary Park, I believe. And there's probably other pockets of affordable housing. And what I mean by affordable housing, I mean government subsidized housing. Now, hopefully this housing that's going in on Poway Road will be, some of it hopefully will be housing that is affordable, not necessarily government subsidized, but because they're going to be condos, one, two bedroom units, hopefully those will be somewhat affordable. They're going to be brand spanking new buildings. And there's huge demand to move to Poway. So they're not going to go cheap. All right. And that a lot of people, that's one of their criticisms. They're like, oh, my God, there's not enough affordable housing. It's so darn expensive to live in Poway. Well, yeah, those are fair points. Those are fair objections. But, you know, there's a lot of demand to live here. It's supply demand. The supply is really limited, which we're going to get into in a bit specific in Poway. But demand is high. So the result in the in the marketplace, they're going to be ex- somewhat expensive. They're not going to be you know, downtown uh, high rise expensive. Um, They're not going to be La Jolla expensive, but, you know, they're not going to be cheap. Now, when people often say, oh, well, you know, there's not affordable housing in Poway. And what about people that need that? Well, one thing that I think people lose sight of is that there's a cascading effect. So when Someone, when new housing is built on Poway Road and it's a brand spanking new two bedroom condo or two bedroom apartment that's going to go for, you know, a healthy price. Well, people are going to move into that. Some people, a lot of people are going to move up, you know, because they want to get out of their old tired complex and move up into something new. And they've been waiting. Maybe they're going to get on the waiting list because there's so much demand. Well, when they move out, that's going to free up the place that they used to live in. And that place is going to be a step up for the people that are at the next tier below. And so the next tier below is going to move up to the second tier. And then the fourth tier will move up to the third tier and ongoing. And so the end result is, is on the other end of the spectrum, it's going to open up some affordable housing or housing that is affordable. It may not be in Poway. It may be in other parts of the county, but from my perspective, we need a lot more inventory. And I think real estate professionals would agree with me. We need a lot more inventory because there's just such insane housing demand. And it's causing so much grief in our economy that housing is so expensive and difficult to find and not necessarily near your job. And there's a lot of challenges in the housing market. Uh, Yuri Boland said, Mayor Voss was the deciding vote against veteran housing on Twin Peaks in November of 2016. Yeah, he was. So that I think that lost three to two. I remember city councilman Jim Cunningham was furious by that vote. Um, I, you know, a little bit of the backstory there is I know that some of the NIMBYs, the not in my backyard people that lived out there kind of near the intersection of 
Twin Peaks Road and Espola Road, you know, near the middle school, I know there was a lot of objection to building that um, building that at that vacant lot that's right there next to North County Soccer Park. But, you know, again, it's that nimbyism and nimbyism is prevalent in Poway. It's prevalent in San Diego and California. Nimbyism is a natural human reaction that people don't want change. People don't want more people in their community. People don't want more congestion, more stress on infrastructure. Um, and I think, you know, the mayor, my, I don't know the exact motivations for it, but, you know, there, he's, he's accountable to the people. My guess is there's a lot of people that were in his ear telling him to vote against it. Now, we'll see if the mayor follows through on other locations. I know they've talked about Big Stone Lodge and, gosh, we did podcasts about Big Stone Lodge numerous times. If you go back into our archives at johnreillyproject.com or scroll through your iTunes uh, podcast listing, you'll see some of our Big Stone Lodge discussions where we talked about that, the pros and cons of that being a housing site. But it looks like they're not going to do it there. They're talking about building affordable housing over near the Pomerado Hospital. And there's a vacant lot there. It's referred to as Monte Vista, which is the road that's on. But yeah, so you know, again, Yuri Bolin, I know Yuri was a, a, a mayoral candidate in 2018, and I'm sure he's going to probably run again. And I know uh, Yuri has a lot of, you know, strong beliefs. That's why he ran for mayor. So I hear you, Yuri. So by all means, you know, keep sharing your story. I think it's compelling. I think there's a lot of people that agree with you, Yuri, um, on a lot of these issues because there's a resistance to change. There's resistance to building on Poway Road. But you know, the, the, the horses are out of the barn. Uh, it, it's it, they're they're building and, and it's not going to be stopped. So now it's just a matter of adapting to the change around us. So I do invite your thoughts, comments, questions. We're live streaming on both YouTube and on Facebook. So please type in your comments and, and questions. I'll read them on the air, just as I, as I have done for Yuri here. And let's make this a little bit more of a, of a community forum, right? A little bit more discussion. So at any rate, um, you know, the mayor was talking about this reimagining of Poway Road. And yeah, I mean, Jason Ostell was commenting how he had drove down Poway Road not too long ago and was just amazed at what was going on. Now, a little side story on Jason Ostell. Um, you remember him? Do you know who he is? Remember, he used to be on the Channel 7 News, and he used to be the helicopter traffic guy. And then they made him an anchor. And I really thought Jason Ostell, man, I thought he was doing great. I, um, I thought he was, you know, potentially could have been promoted to bigger markets. And, and I thought he had a lot of... Uh, opportunity, and then he ended up going to K- KUSI. <laughs> I was I was always kind of scratching my head by that. Maybe I had a different opinion of him than others, uh, but I've always liked Jason Ostell. He's just a very relatable guy. Um, but anyway, so the, he and the mayor were having the conversation. But it's interesting. I mean, you know, you look at Poway, and it's by the way, it's not just the reimagining a Poway road that's going on. I mean, the the farm is underway. That that got approved. That's on Espola and Martin Coit, you know, right there at the Stone Ridge Country Club. That's being revised. And like I talked about, Monte Vista is going to start. I mean, there's just a lot going on in Poway. And there's a lot of change. And so, you know, the mayor was giving people an update on that. And he was he was even saying, you know, how he went into one of the the or did he go into it or he was hearing about it? He must have been hearing about it. How there's going to be a so-called penthouse apartments 
in the commons, they're going to have an expansive view of community park. I mean, in a million years, who would have ever thought you would connect penthouse apartments with Poway? <laughs> but it's real. It's happening. So I don't know. Is that going to be a third story apartment? Maybe a fourth story. Um, so it, it's it's amazing. Now, it this this then, if one of the places I, I do get a lot of my local news and a lot of conversation with other people in Poway is I go on the Facebook group. It's called South and North Poway Votes. And it's run by um, a woman. Her name is Chris Cruz. And, and she's like a community activist. She's a dynamo. She, she's been keeping everybody updated on the COVID stats every day. She's very diligent. She does her homework. She does her um, due diligence. In a lot of ways, she really tries to hold the city council accountable. Um, and so she's a very interesting person to kind of follow and pay attention to. She tends to lean left of center on the political spectrum. Um, but, you know, really a lot of this discussion is local. It's really Poway. Um, and and th- she had some really interesting thoughts and comments on her Facebook group, South and North Poway Votes. And she brought up that there is a a bill that's currently being discussed in the state assembly, I think, and it's called SB 10. And this would allow a majority of a city council to override voter approved uh, ballot measures to build 10 unit apartment houses on any parcel in certain designated locations. And so what does this mean? Um, This means that the state may give cities the ability to override voter approved measures like Prop FF. And of course, this got the attention of of Chris and a lot of other folks that kind of have similar points of view. Like, oh, my God, this Prop FF, not only now can it be overturned by a voter vote, but now if the state does this, well, then the voters don't even have it it becomes a moot point. The city council could flip it and you don't even need the the approval of voters. And this is a big deal. Uh, And it's indicative of what's going on in this broader housing crisis. Um, You know, state officials are waking up to the fact that, oh, my God, we have to build more. But so many local cities have these NIMBY laws like Prop FF that prevent construction. You know, people in a a lot of these communities, including in Poway, they might say, hey, yeah, we, we acknowledge that we need more housing. But, you know. Not here. <laughs> you go build over there, but just leave us alone. Um, so there's a lot of that. And, and in Poway, the voters, I was surprised, the voters overturned Prop FF for the farm. Um, the voters have rejected previous um, efforts, not only at Stone Ridge, but also I think they rejected an effort to rezone property by Madaris to build a hotel. So generally, the voters have been backing Prop FF, but now I'm wondering maybe the voters maybe are understanding that there is a need for Poway to step it up. There is a need to build more housing. And so it's a very interesting topic to get into. Now, the the interesting angle to this, and I'll kind of read the excerpt of the bill, which I, I thought was interesting. It says, this bill would, notwithstanding any local restrictions on adopting zone ordinances, which basically means in spite of any local ordinances like Prop FF, you know, the the local government is authorized to pass an ordinance to zone any parcel for up to 10 units of residential density per parcel at a height specified in the ordinance 
if the parcel is in a transit-rich area, a jobs-rich area, or an urban fill site as those terms are determined. Now, what does that mean? That means that your next-door neighbor could knock down their home and build a 10-unit apartment building next to you. And you're thinking, oh, my God, is that real? Could that happen? And that could if this bill passes. Now, it only can work in certain areas. Now, is Poway a transit-rich area? Well, definitely not. I mean, this is kind of a no-man's land to a great degree for public transportation. Um, Is it a jobs-rich area? Well, Chris was mentioning on her Facebook page that it is. Because of the business park up in the South Poway area, there's a lot of jobs up there. So it can be argued that this is a jobs-rich area here in Poway, especially in potentially the southern part of Poway. So this, if this passes, yeah, this is a real deal. Now, now what does this mean? Well, it doesn't mean, first of all, that your next-door neighbor could build a 10-unit apartment building just without asking. The city council, you know, the five people on the Poway City Council, they would have to vote to approve that rezoning. And effectively ignore Prop FF because of this state law. Now, this state law hasn't been approved. It's being discussed in the assembly. I don't think it's gone to the Senate yet. It certainly hasn't been signed by Governor Newsom. But, you know, this is going on. So we've got housing construction, well, mixed development, which is housing and commercial on Poway Road. We've got affordable housing that's probably going to go into that Monte Vista site near Palmerado Hospital. We've got the farm in um, in North Poway right there on Espola, kind of a you know down the street from Painted Rock Elementary. The farm is going in. They're building more units there. I mean, there's a lot going on. And then they've recently given cities the the ability to allow granny flats. You know, and that was kind of news some time ago. So now homeowners can build granny flats on their property, you know, like kind of like a little one bedroom, one bath house in, on, in their backyard where grandma can live, or you could rent it out um, to, uh, you know, anyone really. And I, and I know, you know, the mayor has his own plan for that, but I think this, the state has loosened up that, those laws. So from a housing perspective, man, it's changing, it's changing quick. And I know a lot of people are going to be, you know, disrupted by this. It's going to catch people by surprise. I'm sure there's a lot of people that didn't realize that there was going to be change on Poway Road until they saw the construction equipment show up. And they're like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, because people are busy, right? People have jobs, they have family, they have children. And, you know, sometimes people just don't pay attention to the local news. That's one of the things I try to do on this podcast is I, you know, I've interviewed so many political candidates for Poway mayor, like like Yuri Bolin, um, candidates for Poway City Council, pa- candidates for Poway School Board. I try to make this podcast a, a number of things, but certainly a public forum for the people of Poway. But still, a lot of people don't know. And I don't blame them. I mean, they just they're just busy and they're they're waking up to all this. Um, but at any rate, it's just interesting that, you know, there's more change coming, my friends. And the, the other interesting angle with that whole SB10 that um, Chris didn't mention, at least I don't think she mentioned in her Facebook post, was that one of the conditions that the state is making, um, if you're going to build like an up to 10 unit apartment building on a single family parcel, is that um, some must be affordable housing 
for very low income, lower income and moderate income households for at least 30 years. I know Chris Cruz is constantly demanding more affordable housing. It's interesting that's part of this provision, but it wasn't mentioned. At least I don't think it was mentioned. Um, But I, I just I think it's just important that we all kind of recognize the world's changing, friends. Um, you can't stop the progress of time, the progress of human civilization. It's changing. And Poway, you know, Poway used to be a, a tribal area. And then there were, um, you know, Europeans that came here and settled and and actually probably um, Spaniards that were here for a while, I think, if I'm remembering my history. But then certainly, Europe, you know, Europeans came and they were talking about the railroad back in the old days. And then little by little, the city became, was building. And then they built a great, huge developments along Pomerado Road, on Garden Road. And that really started turning this little backwater town, this country town, into a suburban community. And the wheels of progress keep churning. And sometimes I see online, there's a lot of people that just have trouble accepting that. They have trouble understanding that, the world's going to change. They long for those old days when Poway, you know, used to have, you know, make up your, you know, name a bit, when they had a Big Bear um, a supermarket, when they had all these things, you know, the world's changing. And, and I think we just have to understand that and accept that. Now, activists can get involved and agitate the system and try to get change, but it's not easy. Um, it's not easy to do that. And really the power to do that ultimately is at the ballot box. But the people in Poway consistently vote to maintain more or less the status quo, more or less the status quo of leadership policies. Now, this new council is really kind of rocking the boat a bit because previous councils have been very respectful of trying to ma- maintain the city and the country. This council is trying to evolve more, is finally saying, you know what, we've been talking about remodeling Poway Road forever. We're going to actually do it. And so they're doing it. Um, Now, the other part of this is, is Mayor Voss on on the KUSI piece was talking about, um, you know, the community center. That's going to open up in like six weeks. Um, That should be pretty cool. I've been to some really nice community centers in other cities. I've been to the one in Encinitas. That was really nice. But the one in Poway that we had before, I remember being in the Bill Bond room doing drafts for Poway Girls Softball League. We, we used to hold some of our drafts there. And that, that place was really worn out. And I know the infrastructure needed a lot of work. I know there are some people, I know Yuri specifically, was thought that we could re- refresh it. Um, you know, again, I'm no expert in that particular business of, you know, the integrity of of that infrastructure. But I, from my experience, it seemed like a pretty worn out facility. Well, it's, it's being built. I mean, they're probably what, like 99% of the way done. So in six weeks, it's going to open and they're going to have not only classes for, you know, that are put on by the community services uh, division of the city government, but then it's also going to serve as a senior center and they're going to share the space. So I'm sure the seniors are overjoyed. They're going to have this brand spanking new facility to do bingo and all the other things that they do. So that's going to be a big deal when that thing is opened. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hoopla from the city council and ribbon cutting ceremonies and all kinds of things. And, you know, it's kind of neat that it's um, it's uh, named after our former mayor, Mickey Cafania. 
I think this might have been one of his was dream projects. So they're actually getting it done. So that's going to actually happen in six weeks, which is a big deal. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the world's changing and real estate's changing. And I mean, even some of the Democrats, you know, usually the Democrats have been, I mean, granted, NIMBYism isn't exactly partisan. It, you know, Republicans and conservatives and Democrats or liberals there's a lot of nimbyism on both sides of the of the aisle from a partisan perspective. But generally, you think of anti-development more being a left-wing thing. Um, and I know for me, ever, ever since I moved to San Diego in the early 80s, I've always been hearing this in the news. There's always people that were strongly opposing development in San Diego, you know, because, again, they wanted to preserve it to be this little sleepy Navy town, little village along the sea. Um, but the progress of time and 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 pro- human progress doesn't slow down and and uh now the democrats amazingly enough they're embracing the term yimby y i m b y yes in my backyard which is mind blowing to me and so now i think california politicians particularly the democrats are really waking up to the fact that, oh, my God, we need to build more. And so now they're going through all various strategies to build more. Sometimes they want to subsidize it. Sometimes they want to, you know, change permitting processes. And there's been varying degrees of success of this. But here in our little bubble of Poway, and, you know, by the way, that that should be a podcast in and of itself, the Poway bubble. I often commented about that to my children when they were growing up because, Parts of Poway seem so far removed from the real world in terms of um, what our children experience. Actually, another there's, there's some dark side to Poway, too, um, where we've seen drugs and alcohol and other things that have, you know, there's been young people that lost their lives. But generally speaking, Poway is mostly, granted, I, we can name all the exceptions, the, you know, the, the horrible Chabad tragedy. But still, Poway generally is kind of a bubble. Um but, you know, that bubble's breaking down. Um, Poway is no longer this backwoods, you know, country town. You know, it's now part of the San Diego metropolitan area. It's a suburb that's connected to Rancho Bernardo and, and Sabre Springs and Scripps Ranch. Um, and I'm not going to say it's, it's part of... Orange County sprawl. It's certainly not that bad, but the reality is, is that, yeah, it's no longer, I mean, it's 2021, folks. It's no longer 1971. Um, So things are changing. Uh, Yuri Bolin on the live stream, his comment, moderate growth is one thing, overdevelopment, um, overdevelopment is another. But Mayor Voss didn't expect to still be here. He thought he was going to leave, but now he has to answer to the people. And then Yuri goes on to say, while I was against the farm, I was grateful to at least vote on it. So, you know, that was that was the other interesting part of Mayor Voss when he was on the news, because every time I've seen him on KUSI for the last year, he's always been talking about his supervisor campaign. Right. And, you know, obviously he lost. I mean, by the slimmest of margins. Oh, my God. But he lost. And. Now he's back to really just focusing on his day job, which, you know, it's a good thing for us here in Poway. And yeah, maybe he thought he was going to win. I mean, I, I thought he was going to win. Um, I was surprised that he didn't, but so go the politics of the San Diego Republican Party. Um, 
But at any rate, yeah. So the mayor, well, it's probably a good thing, right? So if the mayor was the one that was the 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 vanguard, the leader, you know, he's holding the flag, you know, to to transform Poway Road, then yeah, it's probably a very good thing that he's still the mayor when this whole thing's done. And then he can accept the congratulations or the blame, depending on how it sorts out. Now, again, I think the net end result of this is going to be more positive than negative. That's my instinct. We're going to have an upgraded look on Poway Road. There's going to be more retail and restaurants. There's going to be a new sort of vibrancy there. It's going to be positive for the housing market. Um, and I think it's going to be something we can be proud of where a lot of those worn out buildings are going away. And then maybe my buddy that lives in here in Poway, he can go back to proudly saying he lives in Poway rather than, you know, this is what he says over a couple of beers. He says, oh, I live in Rancho Bernardo, you know, so hopefully he'll start to say he lives in Poway. So um, I, I, and I think it's going to be a net good thing. But, yeah, there's going to be more traffic. There's going to be more people. It's not going to be the same as it was. So we'll see. So um, I know in the mayor's uh, talk on KUSI, he was saying that, yeah, they're going to have um, they're going to have uh, openings where people can tour these like in a few weeks. So that's pretty cool. I think we're going to learn more about it. Um, Yuri Boland says 282 votes. Yeah, the mayor lost the supervisor race district two by 282 votes. I mean, that that was like what? One tenth of one percent. I mean, it was just outrageously narrow margin. That's 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 got to be a tough one for the mayor to lose. Kind of feel for him to lose that something that close. I'm sure he's probably always thinking, "Wow, I could have done this and I could have done that." Still, so much of it is out of your power. I mean, you just got to do what you think is best and put your cards on the table and hope it goes your way. I mean. I lost my one time I ran for office. I didn't lose by 282 votes, but I lost by 1%. Um, it's, 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 it's tough to lose an election. Uh, but at least the mayor is still a, an elected person. He's the mayor of Poway, and that's something to be proud of. And who knows? You know, is he actually, is he going to run again in 2022? Uh, my guess is he will. And will he run again for supervisor? Mm, don't count him out. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he does. We'll see. Well, anyways... Um, Moving along here, gosh, we're at 45 minutes, but I want to talk about Poway Real Estate. And there's a person that I follow on Facebook. Who, she's a realtor and her name is Wendy Carter. And I don't know if you see what she does, but I am really, really impressed with Wendy Carter. And there's a lot of really good realtors here in Poway. I mean, one of my friends is Rick McCandless, who's one of the best realtors in town. And I can name a whole bunch of others that are in this business that do great work. Uh Wendy Carter, though, I I am really impressed with her social media marketing strategy. I mean, this woman is everywhere and she does so much great stuff. I mean, she's not only giving updates on the real estate market and sharing data on what's going on in Poway and San Diego. She's giving um, updates like she had a video recently about the five hidden gems of Poway. These like little little niche things that are in neighborhoods that are just special, you know, things that children have created that were, it was neat. It was a nice video. She gives updates on the things to do in Poway to try to attract, I mean, it's savvy of her to try to attract buyers or actually, yeah, buyers into Poway to work with her, the people that want to move into Poway. And then of course the real estate updates make her, you know, it gives her uh, got credibility and it makes her, you know, puts her in a leadership position, a sort of a guru on the local real estate market. 
And that gives confidence to sellers that want to list with her. Um, and then she has this other uh, site, and it's called uh, – what is it? Um, oh, yeah. It's – oh, and – Oh, is it called only? Yeah, only in Poway. And she does these features on local businesses. And it's not just, you know, some person and their their phone, you know, just doing a, a live stream. It's like professionally done. I mean, I don't know if she does the editing herself or if she's got people to help her do it, but it's really professional. So anyways, I'm really I'm really um, impressed with Wendy Carter as a marketing person in terms of what she does. But what was interesting is... Um, she gave an update on the Poway housing market and it was amazing. And, and you kind of think about this in terms of the new housing that's being put in Poway road and people objecting to it or people that are accepting of it. But she said, homes are flying off shelves faster than toilet paper in a pandemic, um, which is true. And she said that home showing activity, you know, when you schedule to show up at a house with a realtor and the potential buyers and they do the walkthrough. That activity has doubled in Poway to the point where it's hard to get appointments. A lot of times, most days they're sold out that you have to. It's hard to schedule to get appointments to do a walkthrough at a house because there are so many buyers and so few listings. So that's why she says it's just a a crazy market right now. And homes are selling so fast. And then she said that normally in a market, the 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 city will usually have, I think, what they call six months of inventory. And so the way that I understand that is that the average home from the time it goes, it's listed till the time it closes might take six months. Well, instead of a six-month time frame, the marketplace, um, the active supply only has 21 days of inventory. So people are put, make, putting up their listing and in 21 days, it's done deal closed. I mean, that's really fast. And that, I mean, I, I know... Friends of ours that lived here in Poway, they lived on Martin Coit here, um, and they sold their home about, I don't know, three or four months ago. And they got multiple offers in the first week above the asking price. I mean, so that's what's going on here. I mean, Poway is a great place to live. I mean, it's, I mean we moved here because of the school district. We, wanted, we thought this is a great place to raise a family. And there's a lot of other people that feel the same way. And they know. I mean, this is a very low crime area. It's got a lot of very nice community amenities. I and mean, we can go down the list. I mean, Poway is is not perfect, I mean, but it's got a lot going for it. And people are looking for a place to live, but especially to raise a family. Yeah, a lot of people want to move here. So there's not enough supply and there's huge demand. And then we wonder why housing prices are so expensive. I mean, if you're a buyer, especially a first-time buyer, oh my God, how hard would it be to buy in Poway? I mean, unless you come from a wealthy family, you're probably not going to buy your first home in Poway. You're going to buy your buy your first home somewhere else and then play the real estate game and, you know, build up equity and parlay that into into high, uh, larger and, and more expensive homes. But it's hard. But she went on to say, Wendy Carter went on to say, you know, there's a lot of pressure in the marketplace. And, you know, if you're thinking of buying or selling or both, because a lot of people, if you sell, you're going to buy. Um, you got to have a plan. You got to think it through, get all your ducks in a row so that when you get into the market, you have to be able to move quick, you know, because it's a competitive marketplace and you've got to be able to respond fast. You have to be nimble. So you have to have a plan, which probably means you got to get your mortgage pre-approved and you got to do all your due diligence up ahead of your up ahead of time. 
but it's amazing. And um, I think that gives us some really good context into why they want to build more housing in Poway, along Poway Road, in the farm, why they want to build more affordable housing in Monte Vista, why um, the, the state government has this SB 10 that wants to make it easier to change the zoning uh, for single family homes so they can build apartment buildings up to 10 units. Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it's just, I think we just have to understand that the world's changing. And, you know, is this overdevelopment, as Yuri's saying, or is it happening too fast? I know Christopher Olps, um, who's a, another, you know, good guy, another Poway activist, his critique of Poway Road is it was happening too fast. He was like, can we just do the outpost first and get that done before we start the next one? Um, but, you know, we've got three things going on in parallel right now, not counting the community center, which is almost done. That's four things going on along Poway Road, just in between two major streets, carriage and community. So the world is changing, I, I'm telling you. Um, but anyways, the, the mayor went on to say, yeah, he talked about, Hey, they're going to have a penthouse apartment with a view of Community Park. And um, Jason Ostell on KUSI, he went on to say, well, yeah, you know, Poway's got a lot of parks. And uh, immediately I'm thinking of Chris Cruz because this has been one of her critiques is that there's not enough park space in Poway. Um, But then the mayor said, oh, yeah, we got parks, but we've got all this open space. And in fact, we've added open space in the city. And, And I think that's true. I think the city has acquired a lot of land and has expanded their open space. But a lot of that land is really you can't build on it. Uh, But they use it for horse trails and hiking trails. And that's part of what makes Poway, you know, special. It's it's probably the one of the few elements of the city in the country that's still around. But, you know, he said that, um, you know, the Poway, Poway went on or excuse me, Steve Voss went on to say that. They have not reduced open space one lick. Now, Chris Cruz called him out on this. She said that the property where that, you know, where the new Amazon distribution center is in Poway, the South Poway Business Park, you know, people call it the penitentiary. I don't know if you ever driven by that thing. That's enormous. I remember my wife and I, we went to Costco in Poway and I said, before we pull into Costco, let's just go for a little boondoggle here for five minutes. And we went further down Scripps Poway. Parkway and just drove down the street where the Amazon building is. And that place is friggin' huge. It's unbelievable. Well, according to Chris Cruz, that was open space and the city, you know, on its own rezoned it as commercial, you know, so that they could build on it. So it's interesting. I, I don't know the actual facts of this. And is, is Mayor Voss right that they haven't reduced open space one lick? Well, he probably could argue that they've added more than they've subtracted. And so it's net positive. So, and I think that's probably true. Um, but it's uh, it was going on. And then they went into, you know, they're talking about activities for kids. And, you know, Ostel was talking a bit about the school district, but he was talking about, you know, really a lot of the, you know, the, the day camps and, and a lot of the things that the recreation department does. And Mayor Voss is going on to say that, yeah, they're they're trying to have more activity, but it's you know, they got to work around all these COVID restrictions, but they're doing the best they can. The staff is adapting. And and then the mayor went on to say that most cities were cutting their their fireworks show for the 4th of July. But Poway had two rather than just one or, or zero, like some other cities. And I remember when they did that. I mean, it was kind of cool. They had two fireworks shows on the 4th. I know for me, I'll tell you, is the older I've gotten, the, the less interesting fireworks are to me. Um, but I know it's a thrill for a lot of people, especially young children. 
Um, but I know when when we had the the two fireworks shows, there were there were some people that were mad about that. You know, they thought we were wasting money on that. So it, it's it's funny how that all works. But the, the mayor also this is another interesting part of the story is he's going to be speaking at a mayor mayor's conference and and it's in Frankfurt, Germany, and they invited him to speak. Uh, the mayor of Poway is going to be at this worldwide mayor's conference in Frankfurt, Germany. And wouldn't luck have it, rather than getting a chance to fly out there and, um, you know, enjoy that part of Germany, uh, Mayor Voss is going to have to do it on Zoom, um, such is the nature of our COVID crisis. But, uh, you know, he, he was saying one of the things he's going to talk about was anti-Semitism and the tragedy at the Chabad of Poway. And, yeah, that, that was almost two years ago. So. In some ways, it seems like a long time ago, but really, it wasn't that long ago, just two years. Um, and some people were saying this is the first time they've ever heard Mayor Voss actually say the words anti-Semitism. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but it's interesting. But I think it's cool that he's doing this. Um, it's, you know, obviously, Poway has a unique story. I thought I thought the mayor was really good kind of bringing the people together after that tragedy kind of giving people a shoulder to lean on and kind of, you know, he's kind of doing what leaders should do in, in a tragedy like that is bringing people together and grieving together and helping the community kind of, kind of get through it to the best of they, their ability. And, um, and so he's going to speak at, at that conference. So I think it's kind of cool for Poway and it's obviously great for him. So good for him. Um, and then, um, Jason Ostell asked Mayor Voss, he goes, well, what do you what do you want to tell the citizens of Poway? And he says, uh, you know, come on. This is Mayor Voss. And he says, yeah, come on down to Poway Road. Check things out. You know, we're going to have we're going to be touring some of those models of the new apartments or condos. I don't know which ones are going to be, but they're going to be touring the models in, in just a few weeks. And come on out and visit the restaurants. And I'm out there in the restaurants and. And, you know, I got to eat outside, but I'm doing my job. And, and so, again, I, I hope everyone's doing that. I, I've told you one of the things that I like doing, it's, it's not restaurant roulette, but it's close. What I'll do is I go on to Yelp and then I will look for restaurants in Poway. And then I just sort them by user review from best to least. And then I just start at the top and I go, have I been there or not? And if I haven't been there, I go there. And I've been checking out a lot of really great places. I mean, some little hole in the wall places, a lot of very different ethnic food that I had never experienced before. And there's some really cool places here in Poway that I think a lot of people don't realize. There's also, I think a lot of people that live in the Northern part of the city that might not go to Poway road to have a meal when there's so many great places here in your backyard. And it's kind of cool to support local business owners in your community. So, you know, the mayor was playing that up and, you know, hey, we're all here to take care of each other. And, you know, it's kind of a mayoral speak. But I, know, I thought he did a good job. And um, I'm I'm generally supportive of this construction. I, I've talked about it because I think there is a serious housing crisis. We do need a lot more supply. It's making it extremely hard for renters to afford uh, rent, uh, much less first-time home buyers. I think the high price of real estate is making it difficult for companies to recruit talent um, to come to San Diego because it's hard to you know be able to afford to live here. I think, and I think that has a negative effect on our economy. I think that um, the high price of housing really affects the people at the very, very low end. And, and 
you know, there's a lot of causes for homelessness. I mean, we can make a list of all the reasons why some people are homeless, but the price of housing is one of those reasons. So even though I'm a homeowner and I'm certainly enjoying the increase in my equity, you know, so, and I can't hate that, but, but I know that right now we're in a bubble. Okay. I said Poway's a bubble, more like a protective bubble. We're, we're in a housing bubble, right? And the question is, is it going to pop? Um, that one of the things that Wendy Carter was talking about in one of her YouTube or no, a Facebook video is that she was confident that the, the real estate market was going to remain healthy through 2021. She didn't think the forbearance issue, you know, the people that aren't paying rent or aren't paying re, uh, their mortgages wasn't going to be as negative as we think, but you know, I, she's putting a positive spin on it, but uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the housing market, it, it's, it's changing. And um, I think we have to understand that. And I think most of all, we just need to be informed and I, hopefully I'm providing that in this podcast and helping people understand what's going on here locally, but mostly we just need to be informed and then people can make decisions, right? You can make decisions on when you want to live here or not, or who you want to vote for, or, you know, so we just need to be informed. Um, Yuri Bolin on the live stream chiming in, the rules apply to those they want them to. Some examples, a three-story apartments in Poway Road, three-story storage facilities, business section, and two-story homes on Williams Ranch when others are limited to. They exploit 35 feet to justify their actions. Okay. Yeah, there's always been a height limitation on Poway Road, right? Now, generally speaking, there's been height limitations, not just at Poway, it's all over the place. That was one of the things that site, you know, where the San Diego Sports Arena is, um, they have height limitations there. And the voters voted to allow that area to be redeveloped. And one of the things they voted on was to eliminate the height restriction, which I think is a great thing because how there's only so much dirt, right? And so you can only build so much. So now people, especially in urban areas, need to go vertical. Well, even here in Poway, they got to go vertical to a degree, but we always had a height limitation. Um, when they built the new Perry Ford right there on Poway Road, I often wondered if that was in line with the um, with the height ordinance or not, because it was definitely one of the taller buildings in town. But I know that for these buildings, like where Fairfield is going to build, where the thrift stores and the bowling alley are, that area is sunken below street level, you know, roughly one story's worth. So they can put four stories, but then to the eye, it only appears like three. Um, so is that their way around it? Yeah. Um, it, I guess 35 feet depends on where you start measuring from. Um, but, you know, the, the, the city council obviously wanted to see that built there. So different rules for different people, maybe, maybe or maybe slightly inter different interpretations of the rule, maybe. Um, Yuri goes on to say the rules should apply equally whether they donate to local campaigns or not. Yeah, of course. Um, we should have equality under the law. That's one of the major tenets of what makes America great or what should make America great, right, is equality under the law. That, that has to be fiercely protected, not just here in Poway, but at all levels and all strata of government. And sadly, it's not. Um, there's a lot of exceptions to the rule and all kinds of things. Um, so is that applying on Poway Road? Maybe. You know, so I invite 
having you, Yuri, has a, be a guest here on the podcast. You know, I'm always looking for guests. So if there are guests here in Poway that want to join me on this podcast and we can have a conversation and we can do it on, you know, Zoom or, you know, some kind of remote or hopefully when the COVID crisis relaxes, I can bring guests back into my podcast studio. We can sit face to face in the same room. Conversation is always so much better. I, I have an open invitation to people, you know, so if you want to join me on one of these podcast episodes, let me know. You can go to my website, johnreillyproject.com and fill out a contact form or or just find me on social media, you know, John Riley Project Facebook page. You can reach me there or send me a private message in Facebook Messenger. Um, oh, and then finally, the, the part that I certainly liked of the mayor's uh, interview on KUSI, he was talking about his, um, he had like a framed photos of Steve Garvey's home run in game four of the 1984 National League Championship Series when the Padres beat the Cubs. Well, actually, Padres played the Cubs today and they lost in spring training. But anyways, uh, yeah, that was cool. You know, getting a little Padre love in there. So um, anyways, it was interesting. So um, what I want to do now, if I could, is I'm going to switch gears and talk a little bit about San Diego housing. This won't take very long. Um, but I just want to let you know, I, you know, follow me on, on social media. You, know, you can get updates on what we're doing here with this podcast. John Riley Project is the, my Facebook, uh, my Facebook page. Um, I have a special insiders group on Facebook. Um, and it's a John Riley Project insiders uh, group, which someone told me stands for J.R. Pig. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, that's one where we usually have a little more intimate discussions and a little more behind the scenes conversations. And it's invitation only. You got to answer a few questions, but I let everyone in that wants to come in. So you can seek me out there. And then um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So my handle there is John Riley Poway. Uh, so, yeah, please join me there. Let's really encourage you to follow along and help me spread the word. I'm trying to build the audience for this. You know, we talk about local topics here in Poway. We talk about politics and culture and economics, national, state level, San Diego level, Poway level. Um, talk sports, talk electric vehicles. We, a lot of fun topics we get into on this podcast. So it'd be really helpful if you can help me grow the audience. All right. So I want to talk about this op-ed and it was in the San Diego union tribune. And it was just a few days ago. It was on February 25th and it was talking about the housing market. And it was really interesting because I'm thinking about what we're doing here in Poway and they were looking at the housing market more broadly. And it was a really interesting article. And the title of it is the San Diego County desperately needs more housing, but there are cheaper ways to do it. And so this article, which, I'll, again, I'll include links to the article and to the KUSI interview of Mayor Voss. I'll put those in the show notes so you can you know, scroll down below the video and you'll see them. Um, but this article from the Union Tribune editorial board, they, you know, they get together and they kind of share their opinion as a unified group. And they were saying that one of the biggest frustrations in watching San Diego and state officials deal with California's housing crisis is the fact that too few seem committed to truly solving it. Rather than clearing the many regulatory and legal obstacles uh, to allow for more private construction of housing, which really is the only realistic way to do it, lawmakers' main approach has been to spend billions on subsidized housing, and and it's really not working. And and so this was fabulous. I mean, this, this article, this op-ed, 
is kind of reinforcing what I'm already saying. We have a, it's econ 101. We've got a supply problem. We've got not enough supply of homes and we got too much demand. And when demand exceeds supply and there's huge demand, prices are going to go up. And that's what we're dealing with. And it's not just high prices to buy a house, but it's high prices to rent. What did I see? The median price in San Diego County is like around 650,000. Did I get that right? That means half the homes sold are above 650,000 and half the homes sold are below $650,000. I mean, that is just mind-blowing. Um the the change, the difference. But it's the reality and it's because of the market. It's because Wendy Carter was saying, you know, we've only got 21 days of inventory. These things are selling like hotcakes, you know, faster than toilet paper in a pandemic. Um, So a lot of this, you know, the the government officials, their motivations are different. A lot of times they don't want to just follow basic economics, econ 101, just increase the supply. And then we've got a fighting chance to lower prices. They're always trying to do something else. And in a lot of ways, what they do is they make the problem worse. So um, they're spending billions of dollars on subsidized housing. And you figure, oh, well, yeah, the government's spending it. But where does the government get the money? They get it from us, you know, in the form of property taxes, in the form of sales taxes and a variety of other local taxes, you know, primarily sales and property. But that's where that money comes from. And then, you know, sure enough, you know, they're going to be asking for more sales tax because that always happens. They need sales tax increases, et cetera. Now, the the you can imagine the county is loving the fact um, that property rates or property prices are going through the roof because that means their property tax revenues are really accelerating in growth. So I don't know, maybe they think they've got money to burn, but check this out. There, there were two very fresh examples from the city of San Diego, which is trying to get more housing for the homeless, right? We've been hearing about this and there's been you know, discussion that they were just going to buy hotels and they can put the ha- put homeless people in the hotels and that'll help relieve the housing crisis. Well, what they did is in November, they the city closed escrow on two hotels. One, they bought the Mission Valley Residence Inn for $67 million. And that works out to be $349,000 for each of the hotel's 192 rooms. So, I mean, think about a hotel. Now, granted, this is a residence inn, so it's got a kitchen. But it's it's amazing. They're, they're spending this much money, you know, $349,000. Now, granted, that's well below the median price. But this is like you know, a hotel sort of being transformed. I mean, it's going to be less expensive, but still that's a lot of money. And you're thinking really like in this real estate market, um, you'd think that these, the, you know, these hotel owners are, they're, 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 they're going through hell. I mean, they can't have, we can't have tourists here. So they're struggling and they're trying to figure out a way to monetize their asset. It's not like it's residential property where they, you know, they're, they're selling like hotcakes, like what Wendy Carter said. In fact, you know, it's probably really hard to sell a hotel, especially during a pandemic when people are in lockdown and people can't go visit San Diego. You think the city would have been able to get a smoking deal on this, but they spent $349,000 per unit. And then the Kearney Mesa resident in was sold for $39.5 million to the city of San Diego, again, to try to house the homeless. That works out to be 
$275,000 for each of its 144 rooms. Like, oh, my God. I mean, what, some cities are building tiny homes, you know, for, for homeless. I think that's a good idea, too. Um, if, if the city is going to go into the business of building housing for the homeless, I mean, at least find a way to do it affordably. I mean, not not like this. Um, and then, of course, when they buy this, it's a hotel. So they're going to have to do a major remodel so they can make them standalone units and make it like an apartment complex. So it's it's very interesting. But you see, this is the problem. This is where government makes it worse. Government doesn't have the same incentives that we do in the private sector. You know, when we're buying a home or selling a home, we're trying to maximize the deal. We're trying to negotiate to find the best opportunity. And we negotiate and ultimately we find a win-win outcome, right? Where it's good for you and it's good for the person you're transacting with. So when you're done, the buyer is happy and the seller is happy. I mean, to the greatest degree. But still, we are incentivized to pursue our own rational self-interest. We're incentivized to really find the best deal. Government doesn't have those same incentives. Government doesn't care how much it costs. I mean, maybe they do a little bit, but not anywhere near to the degree if you are shopping with your own money. So they just don't have those same incentives. Now, this op-ed went on to say the, the, the first hotel sale was uh, on a per-room basis in the county last year was the highest price ever sold for a hotel on a per-room basis in the entire county for a rundown residence inn that they're trying to unload. And the second um, was among the highest, the one the Kearney Mesa uh, residence inn. The, their cost was at least double the per-room norm for hotel and motel purchases. So the city spent stupid money on these things. Now, granted, we, we could talk about whether the city needs to be buying this for the homeless crisis and if that's a good thing, but at least negotiate to the, you know, really as a, as a representative of the taxpayer. <laughs> but they don't because they don't really care because it's not their money. And so as a result, we're seeing this kind of crazy situation. So it makes you wonder, what are they doing? So, you know, are these politicians that are just trying to look good? So they got a story to tell that um, we're creating housing for the homeless and it doesn't matter what it costs or, you know, God forbid this, you don't know if this is true or not, but is there some cronyism? Like, do they know the owner and they're scratching each other's back and giving him a sweetheart deal? I, I don't know. But it invites that curiosity when you see that. And we know that kind of thing has happened with government in the past. That's the whole thing with cronyism. It's rampant in Washington, D.C. But it does bring to mind um, a, a really famous talk, uh, a topic from a Nobel Prize winning economist, um, Milton Friedman. And maybe you know who he is. He wrote the book Free to Choose, which actually is on my rack here behind me and had a PBS series about free to choose. It's just a fantastic guy. Really, really great economist, had huge influence um, in the 70s and 80s. Well, he said this, and granted, this is right on target here. I don't care if you're left wing or right wing or, you know, you're from planet Mars. This is real good economics. And he says, there are four ways in which you can spend money. Number one, you can spend your own money on yourself. When you do that, um, well, then you really watch out with what you're doing and you try to get the most for your money, right? You know, like no one spends their money better than themselves, right? Now, the second way you can spend money is you can spend your own money on someone else. Like, for example, 
I'm going to buy a birthday present for somebody. And when you do that, you're not quite as careful about what you buy. I mean, you're going to do your best, obviously, to find the right gift for that person. But it's not like you're buying yourself that gift. I mean, you're going to be a lot more careful about what you spend the money on if, it's your, if you're buying for yourself. But if you're spending your own money on someone else, then um, you're going to be careful about how much you spend, but you may not be as careful about what you buy. Now, the third way you can spend money is you can spend someone else's money on yourself. And this is when people are just think, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going to go get something really sweet, man. I'm, you know, it's like when you get a gift card from somebody, you're spending someone else's money on yourself and you tend to think money's no object and you get what you want and it's terrific and you don't really think about cost. But the other way, and this is what applies with these government officials when they're buying these expensive hotels and motels, finally, you can spend somebody else's money on somebody else. Now, think about that. You're not spending your money on yourself. You're not spending your money on someone else. You're not spending someone else's money on you. But instead, you're spending someone else's money for some other person, some third party. And if I spend somebody else's money on someone else, I'm not concerned how much it is. And I'm not really that concerned about what what they get. And that's what we're seeing with government. And and frankly, you know, this has been one of Milton Friedman's criticisms of the federal government, but that's what's applying here in the state or excuse me, in the city of San Diego. So they're buying these hotel buildings, paying outrageous amounts, way more uh, on a per room basis than any hotels have ever been sold for in San Diego County, doing at a time when you think that they could get a smoking deal because those hotel owners were desperate because there's way less business travel, way less vacation travel. This would have been the time to get a really good deal, but they don't care to the same degree. They don't care as though they were spending their own money. And again, that now what happens when they buy uh, real estate at an inflated cost? The bubble keeps getting bigger. And then the real estate prices keep getting more expensive and ultimately worse. So, um, you know, the, the San Diego Union Tribune editorial board went on to say a private buyer almost certainly would have demanded and won a much more, quote unquote, affordable deal. And that's absolutely right. So it, it's just interesting, you know, to think about, you know, the, the, well, actually the housing market in San Diego is just bananas. I mean, plus there's the whole Airbnb thing, right? Which I should do that as a separate podcast because there's been a lot of action going on about vacation rentals and setting rules and permitting processes. I'm going to do that as a separate podcast, but there's a lot going on in the real estate market and not just for residential real estate and, you know, the things Wendy Carter is talking about how these homes are selling so fast um, and also commercial real estate. I mean, that's going through a huge transformation right now, right? I mean, never mind the fact that hotels are desperate for people to be in the hotels. But imagine how many office buildings now, tenants in those office buildings, you know, let's say a high-tech company might realize, oh, wow, I could have my workers work from home. And my workers are happy. My workers are more productive. And I don't have to spend so much money on the lease for my commercial real estate. The commercial real estate world is going to get rocked here pretty quick. Um, then, And then could some of that be transformed into residential, similar to kind of what Poway is doing on Poway Road, where 
Poway Road, a once purely commercial uh, zone, is now mixed use, like we're going to see at the outpost and we're going to see at the Poway Commons. And then we'll soon see when the construction starts at the Fairfield Project. So, you know, sometimes we live in our own little bubble of Poway and we kind of have our own view of things in our own little Poway. And some people long for the days when Poway was a country town and there was only one stoplight at the intersection of Poway Road and Pomerado Road. Or they long for the days when, you know, it was just a slower pace of living. And that sounds very idyllic, but, you know, the wheels of time keep turning. And I think we have to stuff to understand that. And I think we have to evolve with the times. And some people are evolving and some people are moving out, you know, because they don't want to live here any longer. In fact, there's a huge movement, an exodus for a lot of people leaving California in general because of real estate. There's a lot of people that I know up like up in the Bay Area, some lots of people that have jobs in Silicon Valley, but they live like in Stockton or Tracy and they commute all the way in. Imagine if you're like a an electrician or a plumber and your clients are all in the Silicon Valley area up and down the San Francisco Peninsula and you got to drive your truck from Tracy inbound every day and prices of gas go up and you got to live in Tracy because you can't afford to live where your customers are because the real estate's so expensive. So it's just, we have a really serious housing crisis that, you know, it's one thing, I think what Yuri says, it's one thing when you have moderate growth of housing prices, but we're in the middle of a bubble and we're seeing all these distortions and a lot of, in my opinion, negative effects on the economy as a result. Um, Now, granted, California has so much going for it economically that sometimes these negatives, you don't really see the drag on the economy because the positives overwhelm the negatives. But still, um, we can make this a better place. We can even make the economy hum a lot more if we make the right decisions and if our leaders make the right decisions. And in my opinion, we let a market economy behave like a market economy, that we build more supply to meet the demand. Um, Yuri Bolink goes on to say, in Poway, the homeless population is growing on a daily basis. My plan is to help them with housing, rehabilitation, and job placement, um, as well as not just getting them out of the public eye. Yeah, good for you. And um, I think that, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great movement right there, Yuri. And you're right. There is more homelessness. I've seen it. Um, going, you know, it's mostly along Poway Road, but you see it in other parts of the city, too. But it's mostly there. And um, I remember reading an article, gosh, I think it was during the Great Recession. So it was like, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And they were talking about the hidden homeless population where there were a lot of people, like including families with children, that they were homeless, but they were invisible. They were homeless and they slept in stairwells of buildings or they were homeless and they essentially couch surfed, right? They would live with someone for a few weeks and then when they wore out their welcome, they'd go somewhere else or they live out of their car. There's a lot of that. And, um, you know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And we, we could break that whole thing down. But one of those reasons is the fact that housing is just so damn expensive. And a lot of the reason that housing is so expensive is because there's so much resistance to building more housing. And never mind the fact that 
the permitting process is expensive and the impact fees are expensive and it makes there's so many fixed costs that the government demands of builders on a per unit basis that right out of the gate you're starting at a at a higher price than you would if you were building in other communities that's the nature of California of California politics um, but again, the Democrats are starting to like wake up and they're starting to realize like, oh, my God, we need to make it easier to build. <laughs> we need to make it easier to have more supply, more inventory. And then we're going to see the economic conditions, especially for the people in the lower half or near the bottom. It's going to really benefit them because they're the ones that are desperate. They're the ones that are hitting the eject button and moving to Tennessee. So it's something. OK, so. um yeah, we've been going on for quite a while here. So I, again, I've got we got a number of live stream viewers and, and listeners. We have seven people online right now. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, we normally do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two, but today I did it at seven because I had to pick up my son at the airport at two. Um, now, does this time work better for people at seven o'clock? Like it's after work, after dinner. I would normally think it would be, but I don't want to sacrifice my Padre baseball and they're going to start up here in a month and there'll be a lot of night games. So I don't want to get in the way of that. Um, so I'm going to probably keep it at 2 p.m. But if if you feel strongly like does this time slot work way better than two, um, you would listen or watch more if I were doing the live stream at seven rather than two or some other time. Let me know. I'd like to hear some feedback. Um and of course, all these podcasts, I, I live stream on YouTube and on Facebook, and I have um, all of the audio only on all the popular podcast platforms, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio. I mean, every one of them I'm on there. So I encourage you to download every episode there too, and we'll keep you posted. So Yuri says, always a great show. Take care, John. So thank you, Yuri. You're, you're, you're a good man. And um, thank you for, um, you know, always participating in the live stream. I, I appreciate that. So um, anyways, anyways, for all of you out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll be back Wednesday at 2 p.m. All right, friends, take care. Bye-bye.